Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. And today we have a, another kind of special fun episode. We'll be talking about freelance versus full-time working. In Germany. In Germany. This has been requested from a few people who want to know the differences. And we have a, a guest to come join us later to talk about it. Let's uh, dive into the Arbeit. <laughs> Roll that. It's terrible. Roll that music. And we're back in a more literal way this time because Very literal. Uh, tonight we are recording two episodes in a row. So if you just listened to us talk about Mythbusters number two, part, part uh, zwei, last week, this is recorded several minutes after that one. Right, because uh, we're on holiday. So we want to make sure that there's still an episode while we're not here. We would never leave you without content. Never. Uh, yeah, so... We're not. We don't have a lot of shout-outs today. We don't have a lot to talk about because. But Alex, there's one important one that you should bring up. One. We're gonna shout out the entire state of Texas. Hey, yo, the I almost said the Longhorns, but that's a uh, an NFL team or no? That's a college football team. Okay, sorry, I suck at football. Sorry, moving on. Anyways, the state of Texas. Uh, we have downloads now from nearly ev- from nearly all fifty states. And a top state we get downloads from is Texas. Yeah, we get the most in, in within the un, you, the continental or not even continental the the full the contig- all fifty the states, contiguous bro. fifty states all fifty. The most downloads we get is from Texas. Pretty cool. It surprises me, but I don't know why. I, I think it was just because you're from Rhode Island, I'm from California. We always kind of just expected, eh, we'll get a few from our family, so we'll get a little bit from the East Coast, a little bit from the West Coast. Uh, then we didn't realize, oh, actually, other people other than our moms listen to this uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, mom, I appreciate you listening. Oh, yeah, of course. Every day, of course. I mean, we need we need those numbers, so please keep doing <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, shout out to, uh, to the state of Texas. Yeah, Jeff. And, and you know, uh, usually we would say, how are we doing, and go into some updates, but... Um, we just did updates about an hour ago on the other episode, so we don't really, actually, this will be, we're recording this two weeks before it's out, so we don't right. even know what's happening right now, so. Uh, there could be a lot happening right now. There could uh, be like a, like a, there, there could be like a meteor heading for us for all we know, like right now, as you're listening to this listener, so, right now. If so, make it to your local meteor shelter and, uh, you know. Stay safe. You know, stay thirsty. <laughs> God bless and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so because we don't have much to say, we just might just go straight into the whiskey. And maybe for some of you, that's what you've wanted this entire time. True. Maybe some of you hate when we talk before. So now we're skipping it, even though we're still talking right now. So let's just stop doing that. So Alex, I'll say one more thing. What do we got today? Today we have a really fun uh, and interesting whiskey. So Jeff really wants to get this one because he's a huge fan of the show uh, Peaky Blinders on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Awesome. Okay, so this is actually a whiskey called Peaky Blinder. It's a blended Irish whiskey, triple distilled and aged in sherry casks. Nice. And it's by the Sadler's Distillery, established 1861. So, so it's been around a little bit longer than the Netflix show. So uh, right. So we were wondering, like, is this just like a is this just like a novelty whiskey? Which I guess it could well, be. No, I mean, again, it, just because it's. N- I really don't think it is a novelty whiskey. It just happens to have a name of a show, which is, of course, based off of an actual uh, gang that existed called the Peaky Blinders. So, so the, on, on this bottle, this guy here, is he a Peaky Blinder? Is he a Cheeky Blinder? He probably is. Because, like, the Peaky Blinder refers to the to the head, the head the hat that they're wearing. Ah. Okay. The, but uh, is he in the show? No, no, no. This, okay. No, but this, no, but again, the show is based off, based off historically real people. Okay, so, so this could have nothing to do with the show. This probably has zero to do with the show. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. 
Well, now I'm learning. Okay, but it has a cork, and so we want to. It's got this. a cork, and it's only a pretty standard looking bottle, but pretty cool. Cool logo. Though. I like the logo. It's very uh, modern. Yeah, I logo. like the logo. Like yeah. Okay, let's get that uh, the paparuni. Not saying that again. <laughs> Whoa! Do you want to hear it I, again? I just peaked. That was that was that was good. That was lovely. Do you want to hear it again? I don't think we'll get it as good as that. See, <laughs> not as good. Well, as not as strong. Sorry, I ruined it. It also has a very um, dark orange brown, a darker amber. Yeah, amber. amber that's the color. Amber. It's, it's a little bit of red in it as okay. well. Yeah, it's like when a brownish red. It's a darker color. When I put it in front of the the candles here, it's a beautiful color. Mm. We have lit candles here because we're super romantic, Jeff and I. Mm. Okay, that's an interesting. That's a good smell. Cheers. Ooh, let's see where this Cheers. goes. I don't know. Hey. That's that's a good whiskey. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'll need to mull that one over. That's it. Nothing is really the thing hitting is, me thing hard. Is, thing is, we had zero expectations with this one. So, um, yeah, interesting. I like it though. And also, I have to. I, I just have to drink another little bit of beer to get the taste of the Glenfiddich that we just drank. <laughs> out of my mouth. See, we could have lied to you and said that this was a separate recording, but we're gonna be honest and we're honest. We're all about honesty on this podcast. These are recorded back to back. Podcast. Mm. Mm. I enjoy it. Cool. But yeah, as you mentioned, today we're talking about uh, work life in Germany, uh, more specifically freelance versus full time, because in Germany there are huge differences uh, between paying taxes, the lifestyle, how much money you make, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Um, so Alex, so let everybody know your story because okay. you've been a, a not mostly I think an only full time yeah. employee kind of guy. So yeah, I've only had one job since I've worked since I've lived in Germany, uh, and that's been a full time forty hour a week uh, job. So like, you know, I did a typical, excuse me, a typical job search, going uh, education websites trying to find you know a teaching job, and then once you know you go through the whole visitation, the interview, all the nine yards. And then you're like, oh, cool, I'll get a contract. So then you get your contracts. And then once you get your contract, um, you get all your papers in order, You then you can go to the um, Foreign Affairs Office and get your visa. Just in uh, Germany, known as the Ausländerbehörde. And it's a terrible, terrible place. Horrifying place. Uh, they'll make a horror film about that soon. Yeah. Yes, they should. But yeah, generally, like um, based on my experience, others I've talked to, once you have like the signed 40-hour-a-week contract, um, getting the visa is pretty easy. I mean, it's not easy. It's still a difficult process just because a lot of bureaucracy and red tape to go through. But in terms of like, you know. But if, if you have a company supporting your visa, right. there's very little things that are going to get in the way of you getting that visa. Because usually, that's the main thing they care about. If, yeah, if you get a 40-hour contract job um, at, at a company, they have to uh, sponsor you for a visa. Mm -hmm. So if you get that contract, it means they're already willing to sponsor you, which makes the process much easier. And you also have a whole, you know, HR department behind you the head of the you know company you're working for so you have like a lot of a support system behind you making it you know fairly easy to get everything done right and you're working as an english teacher so you're not stealing any jobs from a native german right because of course uh right i mean that's a general rule anyways is yeah. uh if you do want to work in germany as a um as a non-eu citizen uh more likely than not you have to find a job that a german cannot do yeah and a they've german been relaxing that requirement the past few years that's but, true which yeah. is good which is really nice but um yeah like for, for example a german can't be a native english teacher unless maybe they grew up in the states something like that right. and you can't 
be the German teacher at your school either right. because you're, exactly. not, you're not a native. Even if, even if you became fluent, you're not a native German speaker. Right. So about like a third of my paycheck is taken out for taxes at the moment. And the more you make, the more taxes you pay, obviously. And you go, you go into different tax brackets or whatever. Yeah, I know. And on average, the uh, full-time employees in Germany, I think it's 42% is removed from their Yeah, mine's uh, about like a paycheck, third right now. Which um, I know to any American, uh, just had a heart attack hearing 42%. Because that, that yes. that, even me saying that, it hurts even after it's nine a, it's years. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, yeah. you know, it comes with a lot of benefits, like we've talked about before, with the healthcare exactly. and the university and the money you get when you have a kid, when you're a parent, you get, you know, so it goes and you, 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 you see you, your money coming you get back that to money, you. You get that money back eventually yeah. in other ways. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then what's really cool in Germany, I guess, I guess it's a double-edged sword. If you're an employer, it's not really good. If you're an employee, it's fantastic. Mm. Is that after two years of working full-time in Germany, so you first you have a six-month probation time. It's called a Probate site. Uh, probate site, yeah. And that's like you work for six months at the company. If they like you, then they give you a usually a year-long contract. And once you've worked for two years, you get unlimited contract. Like you're tenured. After two years, legally, has to be so. So, um, like I said, if you're an employee like us, it's fantastic. Like I've been tenured. I can't lose my job. Right. Uh, I'm solid unless I do something really, really egregious. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing because this kind of permanent contract does not exist in the U.S. at all. You know, you can be fired even if you've been a 30-year employee in the U.S. You know, there's, uh, but here, yeah, there's there's very few reasons to f- that you can legally fire somebody who has a permanent contract. It's extremely difficult. Exactly. Um, so that's pretty cool. And also, if you are a full-time worker, uh, the legal minimum of vacation days you get are 24 paid vacation days. Are 24, but uh, most people I know have between like 26 and like 30, 30, 31, something like that. Plus all of the many uh, public holidays, etc. Exactly. So uh, you get a lot of nice, really good benefits being a um, a full-time employee in Germany. Sure. It's pretty nice. Yeah. And, and then pl- what, what, once you get the contract as well, they ask you, like my company asked me, what health insurance do you want? So I, they're like, how about this one? I said, okay. I, like, <laughs> I don't know. Sure. They're all pretty much the same anyways. You get a few little benefits from different ones, but like they're all pretty yeah. much the same. So like once you get that contract done, like the health insurance falls in line, the visa falls in line, and everything kind of just kind of works. And you get direct deposit right to your bank account. There's no checks. Yeah, there's no checks. Yeah. No, no not doesn't exist. Being here. paid, it's quite easy, yeah. A barbaric. <laughs> okay. So, Jeff... <laughs> So okay. He just leaned back in his seat, I think, trying to signify it was my turn to talk yeah, like, without I'm, actually saying anything. I'm done. Um, <laughs> Jeff. Okay, so let's make it simple since he wants to make it pretty simple. So that was the full-time employee <laughs> uh, discussion. Now we'll move on to me. Yeah. Uh, I've been and have been a, you know, a freelance employee in Germany the entire time I've lived here. And that also goes back, if you want to look at my background, back in the States. 90% of my work, I was a freelance employee because I work in film and television, so we work project to project. Um, so I've only had a few short experiences in the States being a 9 to 5 employee for right. like a few months here or there. So so I, I'm very used to being a freelancer and all the plus and minuses that come with it. Sure. It's in your uh, blood. Yeah, exactly. Now, the, the, to get a freelance visa, the freelance kind of artist visa, which is what it's kind of uh, commonly called is yeah. one of the easier visas in Germany to get. This is for photographers, artists, uh, cinematographers, or film editors, uh, DJs, that kind of a thing. And really to, to kind of get that visa, the main thing they're looking at is just proof that you actually have experience in that field. 
and uh, proof that there are people who want to hire you. And for proof, it just kind how of- do you, How do you prove that someone wants to hire you? Yeah, well, thing is like, it's, and again, it's not a contract. You, you just need a letter from a company saying, yeah, if he had a freelance visa, we would hire him. That sounds it, like such like a unneeded amount of work for that company. Yeah, I guess I would hire him if I needed to. Yeah, but you have to show intention. There's some intent uh, for people to hire you. You okay. know, f- you know. So okay, I've heard some people they forge these because it's not so hard to forge, and they don't really look them up. But I never did. Don't. I actually had real people who wanted to work with me. Yes, listeners, do not commit fraud. <laughs> yeah, and and to prove that you have knowledge in your field, it's really just you show your CV. Um, maybe if you have a degree or certificate in that field, photography, whatever, you show that. If you maybe won an award for best photo of the year or whatever somewhere back in your home state, you show that. That kind of just got like kind of like vague kind sure. of I've done this before, I've been doing it for years, right? Okay. So it's pretty easy to get that visa. And what you do afterwards, after you get the visa, you have to go to the Finanzamt, which is kind of the German IRS, register as a freelancer, and you're given a uh, freelancer Steuer Nummer, which is the tax number. And Fun. now now you're free to work as a freelancer and send out the invoices and get paid in that kind of sense as a freelancer. Now, an important distinction is that Germany has a clear line between a freelancer and a self-employed person. Yes. A freelancer is a Freiberufler, and a self-employed person is a Selbstständig. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sound very similar, but you know, a freelancer is kind of, you know, somebody that you, you provide a service for a company for a limited time, you choose your own hours, you choose where you work, when you work, the company can't tell you how you do the job. Basically, they just there's an end game. Like this is what we want at the end. You know, like we need this film edited or we need this photo taken. Like right. how you do it, when you do it, where you do it is up to you, and that's freelance. Okay. Uh, whereas a self-employed person, usually you have one or two employees. It's kind of you're not quite a business, but it's more in that sense. Like you're you're a doctor, you have a doctor's office, you're self-stendic. You know, like you have right. you have yeah, a nurse that works for you. You're secretary. self-employed. You have your own business. Yeah, you do your own thing. Right. Um, you're not you're not working for other companies. Like you're you, not you working have, for Jeff Incorporated. Right. You have customers. Right. Yeah, and you're not working for other companies. Um, so that's kind of the main difference. And also, a big difference if you're uh, freelance versus full time is that you have to actually file your own taxes and get your own health insurance. Yeah, there's there's a lot more work in that sense. There's a lot more paperwork to be a freelancer and continued paperwork that doesn't go away. Right. Um, and also a big difference between being a freelancer and being a full-time employee is as a freelancer, you don't have to pay uh, social security, you don't have to pay public health insurance, and so your tax rate drops to about 20% instead of 40%. Wow. So you have a, a much lower tax rate, which is very appealing. Uh, but one of the reasons they do that is because they know, as a freelancer, you could have three months between a project and you need money to live off of. Exactly, So yeah. it makes it sound like you have the better end of the deal, but really you don't have the security and you, you have, as any freelancer knows, you have a lot of gaps between projects where that money is going away fast because you need to pay for the rent and pay for food, et cetera. For sure. Um, so, but you know, over the years, I'll just say this uh, before I end, um, I found it to be very difficult to be a freelancer. There's a, a lot of red tape doing it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the rules and regulations are not clear. And so I've had things even six years in that were suddenly presented me, presented to me saying, oh, you should have been doing this the entire time when uh, I, okay. I had not. And that's happened to me several times. And a lot of freelancers, I know that's happens quite a bit. Suddenly, it's there's these new regulation stuff that pop up that you were not informed about, and and they really hit you out of left field. So there's a lot of kind of anxiety in that sense, being a freelancer, because things can come out of left field that will not come to you if you're a full time employee. Full time yeah. employee, kind of everything happens in the background, and you know 
you don't really have to worry about that, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I recently on a large project, I won't say who for whom or when, uh, I had a, a big problem with the social security office. And I, again, I just have to mention this for people who are thinking about being freelancers, where the past two or three years, the social security office in Germany, which is called the Rentenversicherung, has declared an unofficial war on freelancers because as freelancers, you don't have to pay social security. And of course, they want that green. They want that money. They want that money. So they have really, really narrowed the definition of what they consider freelance and what not freelance. Oh, okay. And so they've been going through and auditing people and pushing them to full-time work one after another stuff that is clearly defined as freelance, they are now saying is not freelance anymore. Even though, and I had a job where I chose my own hours, I did the work when I wanted, how I wanted. It was, in every sense, was as freelance as every other job I did. Yeah. And because of technical, one sentence in the contract I had, they deemed it to be full-time employee work. Unbelievable. And this, and this is when the job had ended. So I'd been working and being paid and all that as a freelancer and suddenly, oh, now I'm a full-time employee. Everything changes. I lose an extra 20% of my money I wasn't expecting to lose, et cetera. So long story short, as a freelancer, you gotta be you gotta be safe. Do the and really, research. And really diligent, yeah. Do the research. Again, you know, really talk to a lawyer, get things clarified to just to know that you're doing things right because it can bite you in the ass later on. Uh, German government has four years where they can come back and and take money from you. Okay. So, and I don't want to scare anybody because some jobs can only be done as a freelancer. Right. I'm still a freelancer. I've been a freelancer nine years. Just saying, be careful. And um, what we're going to do now, we have a guest with us. I'll introduce him in a moment. Okay. Yeah. So our guest tonight is my uh, my really good long friend here in Berlin, better looking than me, and also is British. So his voice sounds better as well. So Ryan, Welcome. Ah, thanks, no pressure. Yeah, thanks for thanks hey. for coming on. Hey guys, yeah, good. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'm gonna pour you some uh, Peaky Blinder from your actually uh, neighbors in Ireland. Can you can you pour me uh, just a great thank a you. splash, a little, a little, a little splash, a little splash. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that, hey, that's not a splash. That was that's a big that's the whole that's the whole bathtub, man. It was a little. <laughs> but yeah, so, but what do you think of the Peaky so far? Um, it's not the best I've had. I'll be honest. Um, straight off the bat. It's um, it's it's pretty pretty harsh on the throat. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I mean, it, but in a sense, it kind of it, it like if it, it's given to you at a party, it gets you by. You know what I mean? Like like it's yeah. it's not something that I would at least for me, I wouldn't immediately go, okay, I can't keep like I would keep drinking it. It's kind of it's got like a kind of a smoky like bourbon taste as well. A little bit. I don't know if that's if that's just me, but it's something else. A bit of a smoky something. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not just you. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I taste yeah. it too. My palate is better than I thought. I mean, this is also um. I believe like a 21 euro bottle of, and it's also a bottle I'd never heard of before. Yeah, it's not the most uh, expensive one, but Jeff's a fan of Peaky Blinders, so he bought it for the novelty. I'll be absolutely honest. <clears throat> I saw the word Peaky Blinders and we, so I we suggested bought we bought the bottle. It was, it was like, it, it was me? less thought out. No, the thing is, we it's just, yeah, just it's for him because he's British. Just it's me, perfect, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can't do a Birmingham accent. I'm not even going to try. But, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, re the reason cool, Ryan is a perfect guest tonight is yes. because he has worked as a full time employee in Germany for several years and has uh, recently switched to being freelance. So you have the kind of got like the double looking glass from both sides. Yeah. Why originally did you move to uh, Berlin? That's actually a good place to start, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Originally, I moved here um, back in 2013. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, it was 
about a few days before you. So yeah, I, I was, so. I was th- October 1st. I, oh, yeah, so I was the 30th of September. So yes, yeah, so just a couple of days before you. One so. day. Yeah. But when yeah. did you first meet Alex? Like you didn't even know each other. Yeah, so I met Alex at uh, German classes. German class. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So German classes oh, uh, in... 2014, I think. I think we both waited a year before we actually started um, yeah. realizing we needed to try. Um, yeah, we fell in love at first look. Yeah. <laughs> That's from your side more than mine, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I moved back here, uh, moved here in uh, 2013. Um, basically, after um, I, I'd been traveling for six months, so I worked when I graduated from university, um, I worked for four years um in an advertising agency okay yeah um and i wanted to leave that after that time and i wanted to go traveling so i went traveling um with one of my best friends for six months we went all over asia we went india china nice yeah it was really cool um and then i came back to the uk and (laughs) my choice was um either i go to london and probably spend the rest of my working life um in london um paying paying a hell of a lot of rent so like 50 years uh, of talking, yeah, exactly yeah. paying a lot of rent um paying like 70 percent of your paycheck towards your <laughs> for sure your tiny 20 square meter apartment yeah, yeah that's it that's it so yeah that that was my choice you know either either go to london or carry an adventure and do something else um so during that time when i got back i was looking at you know a couple of options um Berlin was one of them um, and I was also looking at Amsterdam as well uh, basically I wanted someone that was international had international companies and had companies that had English as their business language um, sure. because as a typical Brit we are terrible at languages yeah. and we don't Welcome bother to the club we don't bother learning <laughs> anything other than hey English. man as as so okay yeah. at least the Americans I mean, like I'm we're in... far away but you guys are real close you have real no excuse true true <laughs> but I feel like I'm in good company at least on that one so that's true yeah so um yeah I needed some of the you know English English was uh the first language in, at least in terms of business so um I ended up choosing Berlin um for a variety of reasons um and yeah so I, I moved here on the 30th September with no job, no apartment, um, not really anything other than a, let's try this out for six Just months and see what happens. pockets and crying as you walk yeah. down the street. Yeah, well, <laughs> well no, I, I saved a little bit of money before I came, um, at least to, you know, pay for rent for a few months and to, to at least give it a go. You know, I wanted to come here and give it a go. And, you know, even if I left after six months, I wanted to say, you know, at least I tried. At least, you tried, you know, at yeah. least I, you know, gave it a go. So, sure. did, did you know even a single person in Berlin at that time? Yeah. So at that time, I had um, one of my best friends. He'd he'd moved here previously. So okay. um, his his girlfriend um, is German, uh, and he'd moved here. I think maybe about six months, uh, sorry, six weeks before. Um, oh, okay. So he was also very fresh then. Yeah. So he, yeah. yeah. So he was pretty fresh. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had I had him as a starting point. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, nothing. So now, as a Brit, when you went to get employment, did were you required a visa, or was it a kind of a straightforward process of just yeah, you're a part of the EU? So I mean, or you were part of the EU. Luckily, uh, being British, part of the EU at that time, um, it was it was easier for me to to come here and to to work without a visa. True. Um, yeah. yeah, being part of the European Union, you, you don't need to to prove anything. You can come here, you know, as long as you've got the qualifications. Um, uh, and you, you, you're a right fit for the job, which whatever you're applying for, then you, know, you don't need a visa at all. Which yeah, is right. you're good it's to really, go. Yeah. Really, really great, yeah. 
So like right now, um, you've been working freelance for how long? Uh, so I've been working freelance since April this year. Okay, and so for the first six years besides that, you were doing full-time. Exactly. What what made you switch from a full-time employee to wanting to do something freelance? Because as we discussed before, um, for a lot of things, full-time is a lot easier in terms of you know taxes and health insurance and everything. Um, so you hadn't had that comfort at the beginning. So why now did you switch? Yeah, so I worked for the last four years of my career um, at Amazon. Um, and my dream really, um, even even since I first graduated or since I first started working, um, was to start my own business um, or to at least work for myself at some point. Um, so yeah, during the time that I was working at Amazon during that four years, I made a load of great contacts um, and made some great relationships working with different people outside of Amazon, external external vendors or external partners, this kind of thing. People, um, people you met through your, through, through your work at Amazon. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I was working in, in marketing at Amazon. So we relied heavily upon external vendors, so different advertising agencies, marketing agencies, that kind of thing hmm. that would supply the work for us. So I built these great relationships with these people. And, and when I said that I was leaving Amazon, um, a few of them approached me and asked me if I wanted to continue that relationship and continue working with them. So, so it wasn't like your choice to do freelance. It was kind of uh, you well, no, done. no, no. He he chose to leave. So chose to it leave. Was, it was right. his choice. You chose to leave, but like the people found you, and you're like, okay. No, so I, I yeah. So I, I a couple of things really. I, I was really lucky in the fact that it was great timing. Yeah. Um, I I got to the end of my my tenure at Amazon. Really. Um, as I said, I was there for four years. When I started, um, that was the the time limit that I put on my my tenure there because oh. I, I didn't want to stay forever um, and yeah I didn't want to give give my give my soul away work for that Bezos uh, machine yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, it, it was just really great timing that they they were um, happy to offer me something when I when I stepped away so and, and this is one of the things you know that I would say to other people that were thinking about going into a freelance opportunity is that you need to make sure that you have some kind of grounding or some kind of footing there when you when you step yeah. away from a full-time job so you are going from a guaranteed paycheck every month you're you're going to have enough to pay your rent you're going to have enough to pay to have a few beers with your friends to go have a dinner this kind of some thing. whiskey some whiskey yeah, <laughs> if, if you're partial to that yeah so that that's the thing you know you you need to to really consider um and, and be very conscious about that when you're moving away from a full-time position into freelance that you, you have something there to, to help you out in those first few months yeah and, and part of that is kind of as i was mentioned before is built into the visa process if you're not eu member because yeah. as i mentioned if you're not eu member you actually have to show letters from companies who show their intention to work with you in order to get the visa. So that's kind of the Ausländer Behörde uh, kind of protecting themselves. Like, okay, this guy has, he just moved here, has no contacts. Maybe he's not working for six months. We don't want him to claim unemployment or whatever. So we want to make sure he has some connections. He has some intent from some companies to work with him. So I think that's kind of the purpose of it in the visa process is to save you the headache but also save them the headache yeah that, that, that yeah that totally makes sense yeah 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 and uh, you know they're they're obviously going to be very careful about that and the the german bureaucratic system is there to, to <laughs> do that but you know for one of one of the biggest things for me is that um you know being in berlin at this time in my life and, and being in this city is has afforded me the the opportunity to to become a freelancer you know if i was living in the uk if i was living in london I would have thought much, much harder about 
moving away from a, a full-time guaranteed income position yeah. every month into a freelance role because this city has much lower rent costs you know the cost yeah. of living here is is much lower compared to those other cities so you can you know it's not in my case it wasn't a gamble but you know it was a calculated gamble it was a yeah. you know going to something where this is how much I, I need to pay each month I know that's what I need to, to get by um, and that point at getting by is much much lower in Berlin than it would be in you know yeah. London or you know Paris or Amsterdam or wherever it was so and, and do you think because um, you're talking about Berlin specifically the, the cheap rent but do you also think living in Germany generally have you know knowing you have uh, but like um what is it? Arbeitslosengeld in, in English. But you're, you're yeah. talking about stuff you don't get as a freelancer. Right, but it wasn't before. So like if things go bad in Germany, you have the safety blanket of you've worked six years. So you have the... Four years. Four years, sorry. So you have the um, the safety blanket of if you don't have a job, you'll get some money from the government while you're looking for a job. So do you think being in Germany is really helpful to make the decision as well? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely for sure. And, you know, when, as, as we said before, when... When we were talking about when I became a freelancer, I became a freelancer in April, which was probably the single worst time in, in April in, of this in, year, in yeah. the middle of Corona. For, in, in for those who don't know, there's a pandemic going on. It started around April in Europe. And people aren't exactly in a hiring frenzy at the moment. Yeah, Definitely so not. In, in the history of times to step away from a guaranteed <laughs> income, this is probably the worst. Um, probably the worst, yeah. But, 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 you know, as you said, you know, I, I, I have that potential um, the income that would come from the government if, if I needed to, to get that. And, you know, I had a lot of friends that were freelancers going through problems during this time yeah. and the government has helped them out massively here you know a lot of people have had these lump payments or yeah you know not just freelancers you know i know people have had businesses here um have cafes restaurants that kind of thing and, and the government has helped them out massively during this time um which you know i think looking at friends and family in the uk that were going through a similar thing in a similar period that it's a stark contrast compared to the yeah, help that sure. was given here people in the uk yes you know i know people that have now been given payments and have been helped out but it was three months after what was given here you know it was very very fast and it came in at a really critical time here and has helped people to ease through this this period a lot a lot better than they have in the uk yeah absolutely and it was it was surprisingly fast i mean when the uh, it was within the first few weeks of the pandemic they announced this. Um, it was five, basically a, a check for five thousand dollars to any freelancer who signed up, and in a very un-German-like uh, way, a it was an online form. And when you Wait, signed, it was an online form was, in Germany. Yeah, I know, which sounds weird, but <laughs> that's like welcome to two thousand. You know, it's yeah. nuts. And everyone I know who uh, signed up for it, the money was in their bank account within forty-eight hours, wow. which is also. Yeah. Not the typical, but but Germany knew. Okay, if you tr if for people who truly need this money, they need it now. You know right. what I mean? They don't have weeks to wait. And but of course, the caveat is they said we are going to do the uh, vetting process, just not now. Within the next couple of years, again, uh, Germany will come back to bite you if they can. So, so that's something you have to keep track of in the next few years. Like I, I, well, I got the money, but now I have to remember like they're going to vet me. As long as as long so as don't you, do fraud again. No, like I said earlier, don't do fraud. <laughs> as long as as a freelancer, you you rightfully deserve this money. You'll be fine. Now, if say you still had work at the time and you requested some money, you might have a problem. Yeah, yeah. Go by the rules in Germany. Yeah. Bottom line. Because, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, Germany has a long memory. It is the elephant of countries. <laughs> it has a long memory. <laughs> Especially when it comes to money going to the Finanzamt. 
they do not forget. I mean, yeah. it's just one thing Germany loves more than uh, beer. It's uh, taxes and yes. figuring out where money is going. Uh, and so, forms. And forms. They love forms. their forms. So I'm really surprised it's actually an online form, to be honest. That's yeah. pretty... Uh, Pretty awesome. Yeah, and I, and I, I remember because I I almost signed up for it. Um, there was really it was like it was like five fields to fill it. It was like a one page. Really, it was a tiny. It was it was the whole thing was anti German bureaucracy. It was it was Love very it. strange. Love it. Uh, I, like it almost felt like I was back in the states. It was just like <laughs> it was like name, birthday. What do you do? Great money. You know, press the button. You know, it was. Uh, but again, it's not free money. They're gonna check. So it's not. Uh, no, nothing's nothing's free, especially. Uh, Especially in Germany. Yeah. Considering that you've done both, you've done full-time and freelance work, uh, what would you say are the challenges you found freelancing that didn't exist, you know, doing the full-time salaried work? Yeah, so the, the obvious one I get and the, the most frequently asked question is, is obviously going to be about the income. Um, when you're working in the full-time job, you're, you're, you're guaranteed X amount every month, you know what you're going to get paid. So for me, stepping into this was, uh, I'm not going to be, paid the same amount every single month um, yeah. and potentially one month I might work for two weeks and then the other week two weeks I don't work so yeah you, you have to be much more conscientious about your spending and um, active for yourself to make sure you're getting the work getting the money for sure because you can't exactly. just chill knowing your paychecks coming in exactly it, it was a massive massive kick yeah. um, you know for me personally you know that, that was one of the biggest things I found was you know, I, I stepped out of a job where I was that I was in for four years, um, mm. and you know, I think after four years, I would be you know lying if I didn't say the points I was cruising, um, yeah. especially at the end. And then jumping into this is is completely different. You know, I can't cruise. I can't you know have you know days where I'm not on it and I'm not switched on. I I need to be on it. 24 7 or yeah, not 24 7 but you know for those those eight hours a those day eight hours where, you know, those, yeah. those eight hours where i'm working you know I, I need i need to be really on it because yeah. that that is that's what i'm going to get paid next month and that's what's gonna you know bring me you know it's my you know my fun money you know is, is what is what i'm gonna um, for sure yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of the double-edged sword i found is i am my own boss so if i want to take a week off no problem but it's also you're your own boss. If I am my off, boss. No problem. It's yeah, the same. It's a, exactly. It's a, exactly. I, same I can thing. take that week off, but also it, it, it's great because it's all the responsibilities on you. Great, but it's also the all the responsibilities on you. So if if you miss, say you take that week off because you're like, fuck it, I'm going to wherever, and then uh, you get that uh, job offer coming in for a gig, yeah, you know that Friday, and you're out wherever, and it, oh shit, and then it's it's all it's all on you that you miss that income. You know what I mean? Well, so th that's why like I admire you guys for for doing it because personally, I need to know like I'm working eight to five every day. I need I need that consistency because I know if I was doing freelance, I'd have a really hard time motivating myself to like get up, find a job, do the work yeah. on my own time. I'm I'm a eight to five type of person, so sure. like I I find like incredible that you guys do that. Yeah, but I think you know it. It also comes down to um, where you're working from as well. So you know, when I say freelance working, you know, remote working, you think, okay, well, I can work from home. You can, you know, work from a co-working space, wherever. But right. I can work from different countries as well. You know, I don't have to stay in in Berlin, in Germany. You know, sure. I can I can go to because of the work that I do. As long as I have an email, internet, and a connection, then I, you know, I can reply to client messages. I can reply to things. So I don't need to be. Uh, in in the vicinity of Germany, I can you know travel and go go other places. You know, I'm going so on that, holiday. That's an enormous plus for sure. You know, I'm going on holiday next next month, and 
you know, for the first three days of it, I'm, I'm planning to work from the location I'm going to, but then the rest of it, you know, I will be there with my laptop. If I have emails that come in, I can answer them, but you know, I'm, yeah. I'm on holiday, but you know, still, <laughs> yeah. still kind of, you know. And it, it is the beauty thing is I've had times where, because the client, they don't know you're on a beach in Crete, you know what I mean? So yeah, you, of course you not. can still answer that email professionally. And I mean, yeah, and you can, you know, fib a little bit and you just say like, oh, you know, I'd love to, I, I'm working on something, another project at the moment, uh, you know, but I can, I can complete that next week. But you, well, don't have, you don't have to tell them that, oh, sorry, I'm on vacation till next week. You just mentioned, true. oh, so, sorry, I'm booked till next week. Let me get to you then. And they'll never know that you weren't even in Berlin. But I'm also trying to think right now, how many emails have I gotten in my life of someone chilling on a beach in Thailand Send me professional emails. You don't know. I don't. I have no idea. Which kind of emails are you receiving? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a real question, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's between me and my uh, my Google password. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, so we we just talked about a really good like big pro for working uh, freelance. What are some so what what are the pros and cons of of the full time and the freelance? If you can kind of list it easily. So for me. One of the biggest things about uh, going freelance or you know becoming a freelancer or one of the the hardest things was doing the research, finding out what you actually needed to do to become a freelancer or become the mm. status within within Germany or in Berlin. So True. I've never done it. I never did it in the UK. Um, I, I've never done it here before. So you know that was all new to me. So it was a lot of research I had to do and a lot of processes I had to go through before I got to the stage that I'm at now. So there are in a variety of different things so uh, firstly there's you know thinking about a, a visa so luckily for me coming from the uk um I, I didn't need to get any kind of freelance visa but you know for you guys yeah Jeff, certainly you know but also for the uk now would you need a visa i don't know i really don't know that's the thing yeah. um so you, you got in right under the right under the wire basically so you, you don't have to deal with the whole brexit fallout i guess uh, the, the old Brexit question. <laughs> I Classic. Won, I wondered that when, when that was going to come up. <laughs> um, so for me personally, um, because I've been here for longer than five years, um, the Auslander Behörde gave me a, a, a visa, basically a Brexit visa. Um, oh, okay. Which okay. means I can have free passage between any country I'm going to and coming back to, to Germany. So I don't need to have um, any, any kind of other documentation when I'm coming back so I just have a stamp in my passport that, that gives me free passage mm -hmm. um, in terms of working um, I don't know whether they've even had any kind of um, schemes or anything put in place um, with what is going to happen with people coming from the UK <laughs> to Germany or to any other country in Europe yeah trying to find a job it's you possibly know, that they're still working on that the, the details mean, of that right yeah, now and this yeah. super well thought out plan they didn't yeah, have exactly. this in there I mean, who knows you know I'd, I, I have no idea you know, I, yeah. I, lo I love this question um, I, love, <laughs> I love the Brexit question because I have no idea I don't think anyone has any idea um, and you know I, I love having fun with people talking about it you know I told someone the other day when they asked me about it because I got so sick of hearing this question all the time when people yeah, find out I'm it. British that I told them that Germany had bought a load of old Soviet boats and we're just going to put all the British people on the boats at the North Sea and ship them back to the UK <laughs> when the deadline happened and 
you know, the person believed me. The, the, yeah, they yeah, really believe you. Yeah, yeah. They did, really, yeah. Oh yeah it was in an office, um, and yeah, the, the, the person believed me. But yeah, that was, <laughs> I, I'm yeah, pretty pretty sick of the question. So, you know, me, he, me hearing this, you know, imagine all the politicians and, you know, the, the people yeah. on the committees working around this, you know, if they don't know the answer, then I certainly don't. So Okay, fair enough. But yeah. Yeah, pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the visa. Um, so that yeah, that luckily I didn't have to, to work with anything with that. Um, I think the second thing that I did was opening the business bank account um, because you obviously want to keep your personal transactions, you especially Alex, um, personal <laughs> transactions away from your business transactions um, because you've got to share that kind of detail with the finance amount and your tax advisor and that kind of so thing. That would so that would be a con. Yeah, so the, the, this whole yeah. thing, yeah, so the whole thing that I'm going through, the con is the laborious process I had to go through to get where I am now. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. You know, for me, I, w I didn't have, you know, some some kind of grand grand idea of becoming a freelancer where I just pressed the button and I would become a freelancer. Boom, freelancer. Yeah, um, but I didn't realize that there was going to be this much red yeah. tape and you know, yeah. you are in Germany it yeah, been sure. yeah of course but, <laughs> but you still know. You, you, yeah. you think you go you do like this step this step and you're set yeah. but it's not that That's way it. I mean oh, the, the, the requirements keep coming and coming down the road you know that you yeah. were not expecting at all yeah so yeah to say that the, the business bank account then you have to notify your health insurance provider that you're becoming freelance right. and then they have to give you an estimate based upon what you've estimated your income would be so how, much estimate you, how much on an estimate yeah so how much you need to mm. contribute each month and then obviously at the end of the year if you've contributed or your income was higher then they will then recalculate that that um payment and, and you'll you pay have more to, yeah for sure but if it's lower then you receive money back oh that's pretty sweet yeah, yeah. I, okay. I believe so I'm, I, i'm not I mean, sure it's a different system for me i, I pay a, a flat fee every month it never changes depending on my uh my salary how much i make okay so i, I think mine's different because i My um, Who, who's your insurance provider? Bika Ooh, never dealt with them. Mm. <laughs> are you are you Tika? Huh? Tika? Yeah, Tika. Yeah, Tika. I got Tika. Tika, Tika. Oh, they are. Wait, are they Tika? Are they related to Tika? No, no. I asked. Are you Tika? Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, it, it could be because that they're a a a public and a private uh, health uh, insurance provider whereas maybe. mine is a purely a private so when I signed up it was just kind of a flat fee and this is what I pay regardless of my of how much I make uh, okay maybe, mm. maybe it's different okay anyways yeah so yeah you have to notify your health insurance provider then you have to get a freelance tax number so this is different from the Steuer ID number that you get when you first come here yeah. um, which is what everyone has is like your social security number um then you have to consider whether you're going to be above the VAT threshold. So then you have to get a VAT ID as well. Um, yeah, so uh, the threshold, it, basically what it means is if you make more than 17,500 euro per year, you have to charge your clients VAT, so a tax. Oh, yeah, okay. If, what, we, what we talked about last episode yeah, with the VAT. Yeah, yeah. If they're a country that, does, like, if, if it's an American company, you don't charge them VAT because VAT doesn't exist in the U.S. Right. Um, so basically you say, I... Um, I invoice a company, a German company for a thousand euro, actually, uh, and I'm not going to do the math in my head. No, actually, that's easy. Do so, uh, so be 190, because 19%, so be 190 euro VAT. Well done. So the, the full invoice would be for 1,190. Now, they're not actually paying more because at the end of the year, uh, they can... Uh, list that VAT as a business expense and they get that money back. Anyway, it's this full circle thing that makes no sense. Basically, they pay me the 190, 
I give that 190 VAT to the Finanzamt, and the Finanzamt gives that right back to them. At, it's it's a useless thing, but uh, but it ha- you have I, to do it. Yeah. I, I hope the people listening understood because I I did not. <laughs> Basically, like yeah, like so. In, if if I charge them a thousand dollars, after then, if I'm making a certain amount of money, okay. more than seventy thousand, which the average person is, if you're a freelancer, um, you have to charge them VAT, which is like this value added tax. Right, right, right. So I, I I have to charge them this hundred ninety extra euro. So I invoice for it. They send it to me, but at the end of the year, that VAT or actually, uh, if you're a freelancer, monthly or quarterly, you have to report it to the Finanzamt, which is the German IRS. Yeah. And um, I have to send uh, I have to send them that 190 euro, or I can deduct any business expenses I have, uh, the VAT for those business expenses from right. that amount. Again, okay. But it's, it's it's this long vicious circle where it, it you know it's like collect the VAT from him, give it to the finance app, they give it back to him. It's just this kind of like yeah yeah okay uh, I understand. It's it's, it's um, yeah it's but it's an added thing you have to do monthly, quarterly, or yearly, depending on your your status and as a freelancer. It's it's an added thing you have to do. So in that sense, it's a kind of a con because as a, as a salaried employee, you don't have to do any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. not at all. So it's, more, it's just basically more paperwork. And if you forget, you get a monung in the mail, which is basically a really horrifying bill from the Finanzamt saying you didn't pay this and I'm going to ruin your credit score very soon if you don't pay it. Yeah. So we, we got to start wrapping this up, get to the whisk review because we're, uh, we're getting a little, little timey. Um, timing. <laughs> little time. That's not a word. Nope. It's, no, it's not a word. Uh, so, Ryan, what would you give uh, advice to an expat moving over who wants to be a freelancer? Like the number one piece of like super important advice. So the the easiest thing that I could say is is a tax advisor. Um, Sexy. It, <laughs> for, it, it's true though. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I believe for, it. for me. Um, this this is super serious stuff right you know we we've said that if you don't do things properly if you don't tick a right box you don't send the right form you you don't declare the right thing at the right time you're in for serious problems this is yeah. not you know this is not something that you will find out about now you will find out about it in uh, six months time when you do your tax return and then you'll find late. out about it in four years time when they catch up with you, you yeah because <laughs> as you mentioned i don't know if you mentioned it but the german government has four years where they can uh, they can they can you can get a call or email from them saying, hey, you know that one job you did that one month four years ago, uh, you filed that form wrong or you didn't pay your VAT on time or et cetera et cetera. Uh, oh you know out now owe us this money or uh, we're gonna file criminal charges or who, who knows what. So it, it uh, yeah. So you, you, it's very important you do things correctly or at least to the best of your knowledge attempt to do it correctly, in a way that will bring any sort of sympathy from them that they will uh, give you some slack. My goodness. Yeah. I, I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah. And this, this, you know, this isn't even just from a expat or, or foreigner perspective, right? This, you know, I have friends that are German or people that have lived here and are completely fluent in German. This, this is a, a, a thing that goes across the board, you know, even people that are German that, you know, a native German, they still use tax advisors because the, the whole system is, is very complicated yeah. and it really does, you know, it, it goes against you really. Um, mm, and it's, yeah. it's so easy to slip up um, that, that having that person there, even if you're paying them, you know, 50, 100 euros a month to, to, to make sure that everything you're doing is, is above board and is, is correct, is, is completely invaluable. So for me, that would be my number one advice to anyone considering if they're, even if they're living here at the moment or if they're coming here and considering becoming a freelancer, that's my number one advice is to, to get a tax advisor. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would say, you know, there's the the classic, you know, innocent until proven guilty. I feel like 
as a freelancer, it's uh, as you said, guilty till proven innocent. So it's <laughs> it's it's really on you. And again, they have really a lack of empathy. Yeah. When you fuck up, uh, yeah. they'll be like, "Sorry, you should have known." Here, there's the fine, anyways. Whoops, you know. Mm. So uh, ig- ignorance is not an excuse. So. Yeah, get somebody to to help you handle the freelance end, and and I don't want to discourage somebody from being a freelancer because there are beautiful things about it, like being your own boss, maintaining your own schedule, yeah. etc. But there is added paperwork that just you do not experience as a full time employee. And I think what we'll do um, <clears throat> in the extra sections of our website, again, agwpodcast.com. Um, I'll ask Jeff to put some links in there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no worries. So put some links in there about like if you want to be a freelancer, if you want to figure this stuff out, maybe a few informational tips on there um, to help you get started. Yeah, sure. And, and I'd recommend anybody um, to uh, find uh, or pay a tax advisor or some sort of legal authority to give you information because there's so much outdated, incorrect information on the internet or information that's correct for that person, but does not apply to the specific job that you're doing, et cetera. Uh, so go to somebody who knows the law and can give you proper information. I would say it's worth the 200 euro consultation fee or whatever it is, I would say, you know. Uh, for sure, without a doubt, yeah. You know what else is worth a consultation fee? Whiskey. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't get that transition. It was a terrible transition. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nothing to get. Okay. No, here we go. Nothing to get. We just got to talk about this whiskey well, before. I, uh, I, I needed a little splash before I, I talk I, about it because I forget what it tastes like. It's yeah. been a while. Ryan is yeah. as well. He drank all of his real quick, even though he didn't get a good first impression. Yeah. I want, I want a little more of a splash, though. Okay. Yeah. Well, then it's not a splash. I want, I want, I want a little. You want a pond? I want a little bit. Okay. So, cheers, cheers, Ryan. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining no, us. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you for thank joining you us. I think there's some really helpful info, I hope. Absolutely. For everyone. I hope so too. Yeah. And, and again, um, you know, we're just kind of touching the surface here. So do some more information if, if you if you are truly planning to kind of work as a freelancer. As, as I've been drinking this though, throughout the episode, I'm actually, my first impression was kind of like Ryan's. It's kind of like, meh, it's all right. But again, kind of like um, two weeks ago, two episodes ago, it was like a long process of liking it. I'm kind of liking this one. Is that the alcohol? I can really quickly. Uh, I, I'm, this is one of the few times I'm going to jump to the review. It's like I already know what it is. It, All right, what is it's it? a six out of 10 for me. Like, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking six. Yeah, because it, 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 it's nothing above a six. Uh, it's, nah. it's a very standard. You put it in my hand. <laughs> okay, that's a whiskey. It's not doing a hell of a lot for me. It's not exciting me. It's yeah. It's there, but I'm not like... Again, I wouldn't take a sip and spit it out or put the glass down, you know what I mean? So that's why I can't give it like anything lower than that. No, um, it's, it's not something out of the whatever, how many bottles I have on my shelf at this point. It's not the first one I'm going to pick out for one Irish whiskey. But no, when, when, I drink, when, when I drink friends a few o- more... This is when you have friends over you don't particularly like. You want to like, you know, like you don't want them to drink the good stuff. So you, you're like, hey, hey, check out the... But not, not really hate either. Like they're acquaintances. It's a good acquaintance whiskey. Right. Yeah. So now I know where I stand. Yes. Good. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, out I mean, of 10, what, what are you feeling? For me, I would also give it a six, but I'm going to give it an extra 0. 0.5 for the British connection. There um, it is. With the piggy blinders. So, for me, it's a 6.5. So, mm. you're Ryan, six and a half, 6.5. Yeah. Jeff, six. Myself, I'll also, also do a, um, I'll give it a six as well. Okay. Yeah. I think it's fair enough. Uh, and for the price, uh, I'm not expecting much anyway. So, for, for the price, I'd give it a seven. Really? I still give it a six. It's 20 euro. It's pretty cheap. 
Yeah, that but that Baines was the same price, and that was a, that was a whiskey, uh, South African whiskey. Right, so it's six, it's six. We're sticking to six. Okay. Um, again, thank you everyone, uh, everyone for listening. Yeah, and again, go to our extras page for some more information if you if you're interested in being a freelancer and uh, agdwpodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us those juicy five stars if you'd like to. Yeah, stay safe, stay thirsty. Hey, that's my... I, yeah, but you forgot it last time. Yeah, so. whatever, true. Yeah, Cheers. You know what you're doing. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks, Thanks a lot. again, Ryan. No worries. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Noise. Nice.